Welcome to Yikes, Now I'm a Homeschooler. This is a podcast for those who find themselves homeschooling because of COVID or just because they want to with Laura Seiler and Lisa Sharp. And we have over 50 years of combined experience homeschooling. I'm Lisa. And I'm Laura. And we're here to help you muddle through this situation you find yourself in. So grab a cup of coffee and welcome to the adventure. Hi, everyone. This episode is called The Box Arrives Part 2. Today, Lisa and I chat about how to plan your school year and how to schedule the schoolwork for your kids. Have a listen in. Now that we've completely deconstructed your classroom experience (laughs) and brought you safely home, Lisa, let's talk for a few minutes about actually taking this curriculum out of the box and putting it into an order or a schedule or a system where we can access it. Implementation. Yes. <laughs> Tell me how you would implement a brand new box of curriculum. Yeah. So the first thing I think in this is um, the self uh, awareness. Um, if you are a global person, getting down to the dirty details um, is tricky. I'm global and it's always hard for me. So for me, what works is working backward. Um, I have to look at this curriculum as um, my pathway uh, to help me get to the end of a school year. So I'm going to construct some big picture goals for my kids for the year. Um, There's one child that uh, needs to graduate from high school. So I need to finish these things. Um, And I remember distinctly that the first day of my first daughter's senior year, having absolute panic about the things that we hadn't done yet. Oh, gosh, (laughs) that's a whole nother episode. Yes, it is. Absolutely (laughs) is. Um, But so then for my middle schooler, um, I may want them uh, to learn some things. Um, Oh, let's see. Uh, I want them to finish Algebra 2. And for my youngest, I want them to be a fluent reader. Um, And if that's the case, then if they're very young, then we may need to make sure that they have already learned all the ABCs and numbers to 20 and those kinds of things. So I want to create some big picture goals Mm -hmm. to to segment my year. Um, After that, then um, I think we have to start breaking it down into smaller chunks. How am I going to accomplish that goal? Um, How long will it take me to do this thing? Um, How about you? Uh, I would do the same thing. If there was something, I I tended to buy a curriculum that was pretty easy to lay out as far as like I was saying, we were talking earlier about math curriculum has a certain number of lessons and there are a certain number of days in your school year. So you just kind of, that's easy to plan out. Um, I also uh, used a curriculum that came with a teacher's guide. So I had daily lessons already scripted for me, um, page numbers to read and assignments, you know, write, you know, do this page in the workbook of that kind of thing. But I would also write out my each each child's schedule for the week for each day. And even that was too much sometimes because something would happen or they would get bogged down or we would have an opportunity to go do something one day. 
And then all of a sudden, Wednesday's work didn't get done and we'd have to do it on Thursday. Then what do you do with Thursday's work? Do you do it all on Friday with Friday's work? So it all, I just learned you had to be very flexible to keep your schedule manageable and not overwhelming and not feel like you were always behind. Well, and so many times I think that is very dependent on the type of schooling that you're doing. If you're eclectic, um, and I mean, we were kind of a blend of things. It was classical, eclectic. We did some units and I mean, we just did a blend of things, uh, a lot of great books. Um, but I think that the way you plan for that and uh, the way you stay organized with that um, has a lot to do with how you do school. You were telling me a really creative idea that you used to schedule your kids' daily work. Yeah. You know, I didn't feel like it was all that creative. <laughs> I felt like it was survival. Um, but I, I fell into the habit somewhere, and I think they were maybe second and fifth grade or something like that, where um, I would give each of my girls a three by five note card every day um, with a list of their assignments for the day. And um, that was really good for me and for them because it created manageable chunks of work that we could check off on that card every day. We knew if it was done or if it wasn't. We knew if we needed to create a new card for the next day um, because the, the one that I had already filled out for the next day was not going to work. Um, the thing is that I wasn't planning weeks in advance. I was planning maybe a week in advance with these little note cards. And every morning I would just hand them a note card and I'd say, start with this and see me in 30 minutes. I think that probably really helped your girls to be independent learners too and you know, take responsibility for their work. Yeah. as well. Now, did you do that all through high school or did it evolve? It was, it, it was back and forth. I mean, you know, we did that for a couple of years, I think. And, you know, we did different things, different years, depending on the type of curriculum, um, where we lived, um, what we were doing at the time. There are so many things that impact how you might want to organize, which is really important to understand because you need to know um that you have the flexibility to order your school like you need to on a daily basis. It doesn't always have to be the same. Mm -hmm. I want to pick up on that phrase you used, your school. It really is your school. You, you have um, opened it. You've given it a name. You're an official legal entity with this, with your state now. And um, you do have the privilege, the responsibility and the flexibility and freedom to organize it, to order it the way you want it to be, and to to take advantage of all the the um, the beauty that homeschooling offers your family, uh, the, and especially in this season. You may not do it forever. You may send your children back to homeschool after the pandemic is over, but you might discover that this is actually something that has turned out to be a huge advantage for your family. Never expected it, never anticipated it. I think we might be hearing some stories like that where where people have surprisingly uh, discovered joy, just an experience in homeschooling they never would have expected. I've seen several articles to that effect where um, moms just um, have decided they're never going back 
where they have just fallen in love with being at home with their kids and doing things as a family. And I mean, just so many things about it that are wonderful. Um, so part of this pulling the stuff out of the box is now I've got it. Um, I have to build a calendar. I have to build some kind of a schedule. And even if you're unschooling, which those of you who don't know about unschooling, it's basically the idea that you kind of run with your own interests without a standard curriculum. But even unschooling, um, there are some things that you do to keep order and to uh, keep track of what your kids are actually learning. So um, that in mind, we have to look at the state guidelines. We have to kind of keep those as a framework in the back of our minds. But within that framework, we can create a lot about how we're going to structure our days and how we're going to structure our life again as a family. So, um, Laura, talk about that a little bit. Well, I think when I think of unschooling, and we, we did some work like that that yeah, could easily too. have been in that category, although it was not not brazenly unschooling. It was more flexible unschooling, you know, um, and it really was de delight driven. You know, the things that were delighting to my children were they were able to pursue because we had that freedom and flexibility. So I would think it um, for us, I think it was more of a block of time or um, a block of time devoted to it daily or maybe three times a week or something like that. And also um, more goal oriented, like here's this project, here's this assignment, here's this stack of books. Here is, um, you know, maybe you need to go interview somebody, that kind of thing. And so you could schedule those kind of goals out. So it's not like a daily read these pages, but get this book, you know, and you, he, you know, they were motivated enough personally to read the book because I mean, it was about filmmaking and they wanted to be a filmmaker. Right. So they read the book on their own. They were motivated. I didn't have to assign pages. Right. So things like that um, kind of differentiate unschooling that style of, of, of homeschooling with more, a more of a traditional curriculum based schooling. Right. Did you, what was your experience? Yeah. I mean, it was a little like that. Um, we did have segments of our life that were like that, especially with our, um, uh, their senior years in high school, we assigned each of them a senior project. And so they really had to be independent, um, about discovering the information, going out and doing activities to, uh, learn about it, all of those things. Um, but within that, of course, we had to keep the state's guidelines in mind. We had to think about that calendar. For me, I really felt like, uh, you know, the state says they give us some latitude. You know, you've got 180 days or um, a regular nine month calendar with reasonable holidays, mm -hmm. which gives you so much latitude. And for us, and, and I think this is true for all homeschool families, you have the option to say, well, um, I know that in this month, uh, my mother or my grandmother is going to have surgery. So um, we're going to take several weeks off in that block. And I just need to rearrange my schedule that way. For me, I felt like 165 days was great. If I got 180, that was gravy. Mm -hmm. um, so I didn't worry about that too much. Um, 
I did always take the entire month of December off. Smart woman, smart. Yeah. Well, especially the year that my youngest child was born, December 30th. Oh, so <laughs> absolutely. You should. I hope you took January off too. <laughs> well, that's when you learn a whole lot about being flexible. <laughs> and uh, operating a homeschool on no sleep. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, we, we moved one year uh, right in the middle of the fall. Let me think. So our we thought we were going to move in the beginning of October and we actually didn't move until the end of November, but I didn't know that we were, it was going to be until the end of November that we would move. So we got ready and kind of closed down the academics at the beginning of October. Well, for that whole fall, we read books and we kind of unschooled. There was a lot of freedom in the school at that time. Then we finally did move and we had to unpack and get settled. Then of course that was right in December. I don't think we did any, any school that month, but what we did do though, because we moved to a different city, we didn't know anyone. We were just beginning to make friends. The children weren't involved in any activities um, over the summer months. So we just schooled all through the summer. Mm -hmm. We took some weeks off here and there to kind of decompress a little bit, but we just went straight through the summer and then we started in the fall. So we missed maybe six weeks that first fall, but we were able to recoup it. Mm -hmm. And so that kind of flexibility is really great with homeschooling. Mm -hmm. And another thing about that season of our lives was because we had moved to a new town and we didn't know anyone, you know, we were very stable and secure because we were a family together. We'd already been doing life together, doing school together, had that relationship and that um, environment had already been established. So it was really a good time. And, you know, moving to a new city can be really difficult. Yes. And it was for several of my children, a very difficult time. So to be, all together like that was very reinforcing for them. Yeah. So. Yeah. And I mean, you think about things like uh, standardized tests or AP exams, you know, those AP exams are scheduled in May and um, there's no taking it again at another time of the year. And so we really had to schedule our year in a little bit different way for certain subjects than um, we normally did. And, the important thing to understand about everything that we're saying is that uh, you need to construct a schedule for your year, for your academic year, that's going to work with your family's priorities. Um, whatever those are, whatever you want to do uh, during the course of the year, you are free to do that. Just be consistent. That sounds great. It sounds like uh, everyone can be off to a great start getting organized and, and having a picture of where they're going and knowing that this is going to be a season where they can really enjoy their family. I'm excited. I'm excited for everyone. Me too. Hope you guys have a great year and uh, we will be back again soon with more stories and hopefully good tips for you to have a successful homeschool year. Thanks for joining us today. We hope it's been helpful to talk about different ways to schedule and implement your curriculum. If you have a question or a topic you would like for us to address in the future, 
please feel free to leave us a message. See you next time.